0: Welcome to The Not Old Better Show, I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 291. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living Inside Science interview series, our guest today is Dr. Kevin Mitchell. Dr. Kevin Mitchell is author of the new book, Innate, How the Wiring of Our Brains Shapes Who We Are. Dr. Kevin Mitchell is Associate Professor at the Smurfit Institute of Genetics and the Institute of Neuroscience at Trinity College in Dublin. As a matter of fact, we'll be speaking with Dr. Mitchell today from his offices in Ireland. Dr. Kevin Mitchell is a leading neuroscientist and will explain why your personal traits are more innate than you think, and Dr. Mitchell's research indicates that we are different as humans due to the way our brains are wired before we are born.
1: Just showing that a trait is genetic does not mean that there are genes for that trait. Behavior arises from the function of the whole brain. With a few exceptions, it is very far removed from the molecular functions of specific genes. The genetic variants that affect most psychological traits do so in indirect and non-specific ways. We shouldn't think of these as genes for intelligence or genes for extroversion or genes for autism. It is mainly genetic variation affecting brain development that underlies innate differences in psychological traits. We are different from each other in large part because of the way our brains get wired before we are born.
0: That, of course, is our guest today, Dr. Kevin Mitchell. Dr. Mitchell will be discussing the brain, reviewing his research, and chatting about his new book, Innate, at the Smithsonian Associates Program titled, Wired That Way, The Origins of Human Nature. The program is sold out. So check out our website if you'd like to be put on the waiting list. Please join me in welcoming via internet phone to the Not Old Better show, Dr. Kevin Mitchell. Dr. Kevin Mitchell, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I think this is a fascinating subject. I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation with you about the brain because I think people are absolutely thinking about it, uh, especially with respect to your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation, which is sold out for November 27th. But I wonder if you would just... Tell us briefly about what you're going to talk about that day at the Smithsonian program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, Really, what I'm going to talk about is the way that our brains get wired and how that affects our psychology. So what is it that makes us all different from each other? Are you shy or uh, outgoing? Are you cautious or reckless, straight or gay? Are you impulsive, aggressive? All those traits that really define each of us the way that we are. Where do they come from? Is it that we're born that way or that those traits develop in response to our experiences and our environments? And really, the answer is both. But actually, the traits themselves, largely, I think, are are innate. And there's a lot of evidence that genetic differences between people make a very large contribution to the range of variation that we see in those traits across the whole population. And that's interesting and that's been known for a long time but what's new i guess is is two things first of all that the way that those genes affect our traits is mainly by affecting the way the brain develops so it's not that there are genes for intelligence that that are you know they're not very specific neural circuits that you're thinking with it's it's really the whole brain the way the whole brain is put together that affects that and and similarly for other traits in different ways and so the basis for the genetic differences in our traits is really differences in the way our brains are wired. And we can look at that. It's not a metaphor. It's really a physically uh, precise thing that we can measure with neuroimaging. And we can see that people who are more related to each other have brains that are structurally more similar to each other, that are organized in ways that are more similar to each other, and so on.
0: I just think this is fascinating, Dr. Mitchell. You mentioned the word innate. You have uh, a new book out titled Innate, how the wiring of our brain Shapes who we are, and the title of your popular blog is "Wiring the Brain." I'm getting the sense that there are some random processes that take place to influence this. What are those, and how does that work?
1: Yeah, so that's the the sort of the other half of the story on the um, on the nature side of the equation is that while we well, first of all, all humans have a, a human genome with a program for making a human brain, and that differs from the program in a chimp genome, for example, that makes a chimp brain. So that there's some DNA differences between chimps and humans in general that explain the physical structure of their brains and the differences between them. And the same principle applies across individual humans, just on a subtler scale. So DNA differences between individual people affect that really, really complicated genetic program that gets all those various bits of the brain wired up together. um, And that influences the outcome. But that's not the full story, because even if you look at identical twins who have exactly the same genome as each other, their brains will develop in slightly different ways and their psychology will develop in slightly different ways or sometimes in in quite large ways. And sometimes people have thought, okay, well, if it's not genetics, then it must be environment. There must be something outside the person that is making those twins different from each other. It must be their experiences. But actually, a lot of it is just intrinsic to the way the brain develops. The, The genome doesn't encode The final outcome in all you know level of specificity it just encodes some rules some some biochemical algorithms by which the cells in the developing embryo talk to each other and arrange themselves and um, you know generate the sort of self-organize the the assembly of the brain but those are noisy processes at a molecular level there's a lot of inherent randomness within cells where does this protein go does it stick to that one does it not stick to that one um, and so that randomness plays out in development, which means that every time you run the program, as it were, as happens between two identical twins, you get a slightly different outcome. And that can have big effects on our psychology as well as our genetic makeup.
0: And so because, again, I'm repeating myself, but th- but this is fascinating. And and if you take that to kind of the next level then, and and I think your research even shows this, that that some of this might have impact on certain diseases. So between two twins one might have autism and the other one might not. Is that, is that?
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So what we've found in the field um, over, you know, the last 10 years or so is that, well, first of all, we've known for a long time that there's a strong genetic component to the risk of things like autism or schizophrenia or epilepsy and so on. Um, And now people in the field are finding some of those genes that affect them. And like with, uh, you know, personality traits and intelligence and things like that, most of those genes are have neurodevelopmental functions. That's what they're doing. They're they're genes for making the brain. And somehow, uh, in some cases, that program goes awry due to you know mutations that affect particular genes or often multiple genes at a time. But that's not the full story of of how somebody gets a, a condition like that, because like you said, identical twins can differ. One of them can have autism. The other one cannot, but same for epilepsy or schizophrenia or ADHD, a whole load of um, psychiatric conditions. And so what seems to be the case is that what you inherit is not the condition. You inherit a risk of the condition, but whether, you know, in a probabilistic sense, but whether that probability actually plays out depends on, on some randomness in the way that the brain develops and possibly on some aspects of experience, um, later on as well. But there's a there's a crucial element there, which is that, again, just because it's not genetic doesn't mean that the rest of the variation has to be from something outside the person. It can be intrinsic to the way that their brain developed. Just that run of the program ended up with um, with that outcome.
0: We are speaking with Dr. Kevin Mitchell from his offices in... Ireland. We're, we're talking to you this morning from Ireland. Is that That's right? That's right.
1: Yeah. And Trinity College in Dublin.
0: Good. Good to speak to you. And again, thank you so much for your time. You'll be at the Smithsonian Associates program on the 27th. Again, it is sold out. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I know. I know you're super busy. I know you're going to be traveling. I just really have one more question. And, it, and sure. it's about this. We've kind of you hear the phrase it's certainly nature versus nurture yes and yes and, and it seems like you know maybe that's not the best way to think about this maybe there are other ways i i know you have an opinion on some of this but yeah tell us tell us why what what is the right well, way
1: Well, i think the 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 wrong way to think about it i mean we can show that there are genetic effects on psychological traits okay but the distance between the genotype and the phenotype the way that the person is is so large there's so many steps in between that really to understand that relationship you have to conceive of it as a trajectory that's where the developmental vagaries can come into play that shift the trajectory of someone's development one you know down one channel or another as it were and so that that idea of continuing the idea of a trajectory i think is really important because our innate traits, our sort of biological dispositions, influence our behavior, but in an ongoing way, in an interplay with our experiences our our environment. It's not that nurture counteracts or overrides uh, initial differences between people. In fact, it may often reinforce them or even amplify them. And the reason is that, that you know, individual people, uh, we don't, our experiences don't just happen to us we choose them to a certain degree. And we react to things in a subjective way that's quite different. And we craft our own environments over time by making those choices. And so what we tend to do is, you know, choose to do things that we enjoy, because they're subjectively rewarding for us. But for someone else, they might not be subjectively rewarding. So for example, a shy child may not like to socialize with other children. Uh, They may do it less. They may not develop the same social skills as their peers. And then they may find it even harder to socialize with other children and so on. So you get a kind of a circular amplification of an an initial difference. And you can imagine the same thing with a bright child who gets a lot of encouragement in school, who enjoys doing academic work and so on, finds that rewarding and then gets better at it because they practice it more and so on. So, I think what you need to conceive of these things as is is that interplay between nature and nurture over the trajectory of someone's lifetime. You can't just point to a gene and say this person is the way they are now because this molecule is, you know, had this DNA sequence and not that DNA sequence. That, That kind of just doesn't have any content to it that's useful. You can say that that was maybe the origin of the difference. But the way that plays out is where the really interesting story happens. It's the story of our lives. really.
0: Again, so interesting. I I could talk to you for a long time, but again, I, I appreciate the fact that you are very busy. Dr. Kevin Mitchell, author of the new book, Innate, How the Wiring of Our Brain Shapes Who We Are, and author of the popular blog, Wiring the Brain. We're going to put links up to where our audience can find more information about you, Dr. Mitchell, about the book, about the blog and of course, about Smithsonian Associates program coming up November 27th, but it's sold out. And I think that's testament to the popularity of this subject, but Dr. Kevin Mitchell, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, it was a pleasure.
0: Remember Dr. Kevin Mitchell, author of the new book, Innate, How the Wiring of Our Brains Shapes Who We Are will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program November 27th, 2018 at the Ripley Center. The program though, is sold out. And for more information and to be placed on the waiting list, Please see our website. Thanks to Dr. Kevin Mitchell for joining me today. You can follow Dr. Mitchell on Twitter at Wiring the Brain, which is also the name of Dr. Mitchell's blog. And thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. The Not Old Better Show. Talk about better. Thanks, everybody.